Welcome to Working in the Weeds. I'm Christine Krebs, the Education and Training Specialist at the UF IFAS Center for Aquatic and Invasive Plants. And today I'm chatting with Dr. Candace Prince. Dr. Prince is a triple gator grad and an assistant professor with the University of Florida Agronomy Department, who is based out here at the center. In her current role, Dr. Prince teaches courses about plant biology, Florida's ecosystems, and plant management, while also researching invasive plants and how they affect our environment. Like many people her age, she loved Steve Irwin and nature shows when she was growing up and even had a brief obsession with sharks before moving on to plants. And ever since she was a kid studying about science in her local library, she knew she had a passion for environmental issues and natural resource conservation. So without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Dr. Candace Prince. All righty, Dr. Prince, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Christine. I'm happy to be here. Um, so do you have any experiences with podcasts? Is this your first time jumping on one? First time being on a podcast, but I love listening to podcasts. Okay. And have what's your favorite kind? Um, so my favorite kind, I like a couple different news podcasts. I also listen to a lot of meditation podcasts and mindfulness podcasts. They usually help me relax. Um Except for the ones I found, you know, like a lot of meditation podcasts tend to focus on being by water and thinking about water. And when I'm trying to relax after a stressful day at work, for example, where I've been thinking about water and aquatic plants all day, it can kind of get me more focused on work. There was one I was listening to where it was like, imagine that you are a rock and you are sinking down through the water and picture everything you see in the lake around you. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm just seeing hydrilla <laughs> and pondweed and all of these plants that I've been working with all day. And now I'm just thinking about work and my blood pressure is up <laughs> and it was not a very good way to relax. <laughs> all right. But besides that, meditations and podcasts have been helpful. <laughs> yes. Besides that, they have been extremely helpful. That's for me. cool. All right. Well, now you're on one. And to start off this episode, we want to kind of provide our listeners with a little bit of your background. So what is your educational background? Yeah. So I have been at UF for my entire educational career. Um, I'm a triple gator. I like to say I got my bachelor's degree at UF in plant sciences. And then I got my PhD in UF in horticultural sciences with a specialization and environmental horticulture, and now I work here. Hearing all that and with your background and everything, what got you interested in this field? I was always interested in science. Um, when I told my parents that I was going to do a PhD after my bachelor's degree, they were like not surprised at all. I was that kid constantly asking questions, really curious, driving my parents insane, asking them <laughs> things like, how do trees work? Why are leaves green? All of those kinds of things that they're like, God, I have no idea. Let's just go to the library and look at a book and read every science book that I could get my hands on as a child. Went through a phase where I was obsessed with sharks. I read every shark book in our school library and would just torment my family with shark facts, plant <laughs> facts, all of that. I think like every kid my age or every person my age, I grew up absolutely obsessed with Steve Irwin. Yes, can can confirm. Right? You're just... Same. Everything that, <laughs> every movie, every show, always watching that and thinking like, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to be outside. I want to be helping the environment. I've always been naturally drawn to environmental issues, natural resource conservation since I was a kid. And it's just a good fit. Yeah, the Steve Irwin, that resonates for sure. Um, and Jeff Corwin or even Zabumafu, all those Zabumafu. fun educators... <laughs> 
So uh, childhood inspirations. There you go. So to step outside of that sort of personal factor of being a scientist, what does your research kind of focus on back to the invasive and aquatic plants? Yeah, I think a better question is what does my research not focus on? (laughs) I, I look at invasive plants from every possible angle. I look at a species from the ground up. I start by looking at how does this plant reproduce? How does it grow and behave in the environment? What impacts does it have on the ecosystem and other native plants? Then I take the next step to that next level and think about, okay, how can we now manage this plant? How can we manage it in a way that's effective, that is not going to affect other species in a negative way? Um, And then how can we manage plants in different environmental conditions? Florida ecosystems are incredibly dynamic, especially when you're talking about wetlands and aquatic systems. Water levels are changing all the time. Salinity fluctuates in a lot of our systems. We have hurricanes coming through. We have climate change issues. And the way that plants grow in different environments can affect the way that they respond to management, like the way they respond to herbicides and things like that. Mm -hmm. So then I look at that. Then we take the next step and look at, okay, how is management itself affecting the environment? I work with some long-term data sets of management and plant communities in Florida to say, over the long term, you know, are we having a net positive, negative, neutral impact on our ecosystems? And then going a step further thinking, okay, now how is management affecting people? How do stakeholders feel about this? Um, And how do we integrate that into our society in that way? Very interesting. So you're still that little girl asking a bunch of questions and really curious. That's that's awesome. Make that happen for yourself. (laughs) I've had to learn the art of saying no because I'm so excited about everything that the moment somebody comes up to me and they're like, I have this project. I'm like, yes, that sounds really cool. And I have to like you know, keep myself in check there so I don't get too overwhelmed with projects. But yeah, I'm interested in everything. Yes. Well, you have a long, successful career ahead of you. I think there's <laughs> a, plenty of opportunities and I don't think invasives are going anywhere, guys. So <laughs> a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> there you go. So you mentioned long-term data sets. What study are you currently working on with long-term data sets that you could kind of share with our listeners? Yeah, it is a really exciting um, project that we're working on, and I'm very grateful to be able to be part of this. In Florida, we're extremely fortunate in that we've had a number of different groups independently collecting data on ecosystems and management, in some cases going back to the 1980s. So we have data that we're working with from FWC, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, um, Florida Lake Watch through University of Florida IFAS, and we also have some data from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. So Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has been collecting plant survey data on the water bodies that they manage, hundreds of them, since 1982, I believe. Um, Florida Lake Watch, which is a citizen scientist group operated here out of UF IFAS, they collect monthly water quality data on hundreds of water bodies in the state. Again, going back decades, we have fish population data that's been collected by FWC for a long time, and they also keep very good records on what management they've done, herbicides that have been used, grass carp, stocking rates, all these different things. And so I kind of started this career at the perfect time where we have enough data now in all these different data sets that we can start combining them together and really understand what's going on over the long term with um, invasive plants in Florida, with management in Florida, how are these things affecting water quality? So we're able to look at, you know, how do hydrilla populations affect native plants and lakes? And how does long-term management using specific herbicides affect water quality or fish populations or all of these different things? It's really exciting. We're 
really early into it still. We're about a year and a couple months or so. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us, a lot more to learn, but it's been a really fun project to work on. Yeah, that's incredible. There's this sort of intersection with technology and our uh, developing understanding of the natural systems. And we're able to kind of start looking at these relationships differently. It's very exciting. And so you mentioned that you're the sort of jack of all trades researcher. It's a cool way to putting it. I agree. A lot of your projects are these wide range of topics and principles. How does that kind of translate into the classroom? Because I know a majority of your appointment is teaching, right? Yeah, great question. Um, so my appointment is 40% research and 60% teaching. And I try to bring that integrative philosophy into my teaching as well. So I teach two graduate level courses on invasive plants. I teach aquatic plant management in the fall and upland invasive plant management in the spring. And with both of them, we take like a multi-level approach to invasive plants. So the aquatics course is a really good example. We start by just talking about water quality issues and limnology. Like what is the aquatic ecosystem? It's a really unique ecosystem that I don't think a lot of students are familiar with coming into that class. So we start there. Then we talk about how plants integrate into that. You know, everything kind of fits together, right? So you, you have to tie in all these different pieces. Then we talk about plant biology. So emergent aquatic plants, floating aquatic plants, submersed aquatic plants, how do they work, right? Like how do they reproduce? How do they spread? What impacts do the invasive ones have? Then once we've got a handle on how the ecosystem works and how the plants work, we can start talking about management. So given that a plant grows and reproduces this way in this specific environment, what's the best way to target it with management? And how can we use different types of management activities to more effectively do so? So those courses are all at the graduate level, but I also try to reach out to undergraduate students um, with my education efforts also. So we've had a number of different undergraduate researchers, uh, both working for me independently or through internship programs, developing their own research projects, trying to get them out in the field exposed to a variety of different experiences, um, which is also, they're really fun to work with. Undergraduate students tend to be really excited about research. Working with the students, for sure is always really motivating, right? When somebody has that like aha moment or they get it or when students start getting really into what you're talking about and they find other examples from their life or their job and they start emailing you like, hey, I just saw this article and it really related to class or what you were talking about in class really like helped me when I was out in the field the other day for my job. Like those moments are really rewarding. I think that's kind of the thing that hooks all teachers, right? Mm -hmm. It can be a lot of work, but those those moments make it definitely worth it. Yeah. And I also know that you're in charge of the weed science certificate program, right? And yeah. so can you talk a little bit about that and how that relates to the classes that you teach and what that opportunity looks like for those that work in the weeds? Yeah. Um, my two invasive plant classes that I mentioned are part of the weed science certificate program, which I'm the program coordinator for. And that started in, it launched fall 2020. It's a graduate level certificate program, but it is 100% online. So all the courses are online and it's really marketed towards students who are working professionals, who are working with plant management agencies at the federal and state level or people who are in industry. Um, although we also have a number of uh, more traditional on-campus graduate students who take it as well to get more like specialization in what they're doing. But as a way for people who maybe their educational background is not in plant management, but they're working with plant management to get more of that educational experience and that expertise to help the work that they do, uh, maybe to get a promotion that they've been wanting, but they don't have the educational background that they need, things like that. 
So you see prof working professionals in the classroom through this certificate program, but you also see graduate students that are in school seeking a degree in this program as well. So it's for both types of students, people who are earning a degree, but also those that aren't seeking a degree and want to just earn a certificate. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then also we've had a few students who are looking for a career change. So they are really interested in plants. They don't have the educational background in it. They want to make a pivot in their career. Um, and they just need some education to get them going. And so it's really fun to work with those students also. And so bringing it back out of your teaching role and more holistically for you as a researcher and scientist, what drew you to the Center for Aquatic and Invasive Plants? What brought you here after being a triple gator? Yeah, like one of the things that drew me to this field in general was the emphasis on problem solving. I started out taking a lot of environmental classes and ecology classes, and they're great, and I learned a lot. But I feel like in some academic fields, the focus is more on studying the problems, right? And that is really important. We really need to get a handle on what the issues are out in the environment. But what drew me to ecological restoration and invasive plant management in particular was I felt like it's a field that's really focused on solutions. You know, the work that we do and the research that we do is all geared towards actively solving problems. And that is really motivating for me. As we wrap up this episode, what is one thing that you want people to know about invasive plants? I would say I want people to know that an invasive plant, you know, a lot of invasive plants are beautiful and they, you know, people will plant them for butterflies in their yard and things like that. And I don't know if a lot of people realize that an invasive plant in your yard can still have an impact and escape. And I know it's weird to talk about a plant like escaping, right? It's not an animal. It's not going to like climb over my fence and get out into the woods, but Plants still manage to escape through their seeds blowing in the wind or if you're out there um, doing some lawn work and you're clipping hedges and stuff like that, the vegetative pieces that fall off can sometimes, you know, get out of your yard and start a new plant somewhere else. And so I would really encourage people to pay attention when they're out buying ornamental plants for their yard. You know, it's springtime right now in Florida and people are gearing up for planting stuff in their yard for this year and pay attention by native if you can, um, but avoid invasive plants as much as possible. Thanks for listening to Working in the Weeds. Check out our show notes for more information about the topics discussed in this episode. If you have any questions or ideas for the podcast, email us at cape at ifis.ufl.edu. That's C-A-I-P at ifis.ufl.edu. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. Stay tuned for more episodes as we continue to turn science into solutions.